I am so excited that so many of you came. I was scared to death most of you would not be coming because today is the big day. Now, we've got Coach Max Bowman, whose mind is truly a Texas mind. I don't know how many of you know it or not, but Max has coached football on every level. He coached high school football, he coached college football, and he coached pro football. He coached uh, with, with the Buffalo um, Bills, I think they're called. I'm not sure. Now, he coached uh, with the Buffalo Bills. He's done all of this, and his brain is on football. But it's, he's, he's an American. And so today is the largest sports event in the world. The most important sports event in the minds of so many. And I asked Coach, who are you rooting for? And he said, Kansas City. <laughs> Thinking I was talking about American football. But actually I wasn't talking about the World Cup or American football. And I'm really proud of you for being here because the World Cup started 41 minutes ago. And I only see three of you with your phones out watching it right now. And I felt like maybe nobody will come. And then I thought, well, actually, I think most people will come because the real world championship doesn't start until 1 o'clock today, our time. So I'm sure you all will be tuned in to Magnus Carlsen and Hikaru Nakamura as they battle out the world speed chess championship starting at 1 o'clock today. Uh, I know I'll be tuned in. But of all the things that might alter the way we see today... And all the things that might alter what we do today, and all the things that might alter how we think today, I would suggest to you that one of the seminal events that has truly changed the world for all time is what we celebrate when we celebrate Christmas. If we celebrate Christmas properly. Now, I want to talk about it. Last week, if you weren't here, you can get on the internet. I talked about how we would celebrate Christmas if we had celebrated it in Roman times, if we'd settled it in, uh, celebrated it in medieval times, and if we had celebrated it in more post-medieval era. And in the process of that, we looked at a number of different things. We looked at Christmas through the ages. Today, I want to talk about Christmas around the world. And it's marvelous to do this. The odds are almost everybody in here has, has their brain cells firing. If your brain cells aren't firing, then you're not alive. But if your brain cells are firing, there, there are connections that are made between these neural and glial cells in your brain. Chemical connections mostly, electrical connections as well. These connections are happening which allow you to take the sound from these speakers which are waves in the air. And those waves are penetrating through your ear and they're bum, 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 bum on your eardrum. And your eardrum has got electric signals that send to your brain what the bum, 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 bum pattern is. And your brain knows how to take that bum, 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 bum and turn it into the words that are generating the thoughts in your mind as we do all of this. It's pretty amazing how the connection works 
in each one of us individually. But in the same way, our entire world now is connected. And so here we are at Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, and through our magnificent camera team, our magnificent sound team, our magnificent internet team, our magnificent sound uh, uh, internet booth processing team, through all of that, Champion Forest Baptist Church right now is broadcasting what we're doing around the world. And that's kind of cool, that connection that we've got. What I want to do today is kind of flip that connection on its head. I want to take what the world has to say about Christmas and bring it to us. So I know that we've got people who are watching around the world, if it's typical. And I'm glad for that. We welcome you. We've got our class at Jersey Village watching. We welcome you. We wish all of you a Merry Christmas. But I want us to look at what Christmas is like around the world as much as we have time for today, recognizing that I want to spend just a moment talking about the book too, because you need to know that you are in the book. You say, where am I in the book? You're in here. You're in here in the back. Under acknowledgments, you have been acknowledged. I wish to thank my class at church, the biblical literacy class. Pastors Brent Johnson, David Fleming, and Jarrett Stevens. You are in the book. So we need to talk about the book. But first, we've got to get around the world. So fasten your seatbelt. Put your tray tables up because we're taking off, okay? And we've got three stops on this world tour. <coughs> the first stop that we've got are, whoops, oh, go back, go back. I worked on that. There. The first stop we've got are some better known countries. <clears throat> and after we hit the better known countries, we're going to fly out and we're going to see some lesser known countries. And then our points for home are going to be out of the book. And so we'll hit the book next. So with that, let's start with these better known countries. Now, if we were in Germany celebrating, and I suspect, how many of you have ever been to Germany? Look at that. So many. Becky and I love to go to Germany. If we were in Germany, my German, by the way, is absolutely Lubbock. <clears throat> um. I think that uh, the H's are silent, so that's like for Weihnachten, for Weihnachten, Merry Christmas in German. You would see one of the things Germany's most famous for are their Christmas markets. Little German Christmas markets are amazing. Everybody's selling all these little different things. You especially will get a lot of nutcrackers over there. They're really big on selling nutcrackers. Now, Becky and I had the chance yesterday to, to watch one of our granddaughters dance in a community performance of the nutcracker. And it was delightful. And she was the best one out of the entire troupe. We saw her afterwards and she said, is this the part where you tell me that I was the best one because Rachel told me you would? And I said, 
Yes. <laughs> but wouldn't nutcrackers have a, a folklore behind them? And we celebrate them as part of Christmas because of Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker, which is an appropriate and wonderful Christmas tradition for so many. But if you actually pay attention to the Nutcracker, you've got this dream sequence that may or may not be real that that turns into the second act of the, the, the play. But the Nutcracker itself in German folklore was almost a fairy to try and drive out evil spirits, to try to take care of, of, of your home and protect you. The Nutcracker was someone, something that they kept as a, um, a talisman, a good luck charm almost. Doesn't really have anything to do with the Lord. It's just, it's got a lot to do with Christmas, and we recognize it as Christmas. I mean, we've got massive nutcrackers up in our home. I love them. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's a marvelous thing. And there are people who have figured out how to use the nutcracker and put a Christian message onto it. But the nutcracker itself has origins outside of Christianity. And in Germany today, most people don't associate it with anything Christian per se. Now, also in Germany, if you were there, you would be getting your Christmas stocking on December the 6th, not on Christmas Day. December the 6th is the feast day for St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas is an actual saint. He came from Turkey. He was born March 15th, the year 270. He died December 6th in 343. There's a lot of information we have about the original Saint Nicholas and that information is is written after he died but some of it relatively soon and some of it fairly accurate most think for example the church held a council the council of Nicaea the council of Nicaea was one where the divinity of Christ was being argued And there was a heretic there who argued that Christ was not the divine Christ child. But that God came into this Jesus in a subsequent way. And so within that argument, and Arius was the one who was making that argument. Supposedly, St. Nicholas punched him out. For the heresy. Now, that's uh, an interesting story that seems to have some basis. So this was a man who took his... Christmas, seriously. Um, In addition to that, another folklore that that isn't so readily identified as being accurate was there was a fellow who had three daughters. And he was a poor fellow. And he couldn't marry his daughters off because culture required, if you were going to marry off your daughter, you had to send a dowry with her. In other words... I'll pay you to take my daughter, please. We're very different now. Someone wants my daughter. I have a questionnaire that's 38 pages long. I got all all these hoops they got to jump through. But back then, there was a man who had three daughters, and he had no dowry for them. And so his three daughters, what he decided to do was sell them into slavery because he couldn't get them married off. 
And St. Nicholas, hearing about it, for each of the daughters, as their age came to be married or to be sold into slavery, he secretly in the middle of the night deposited a little bag of golden coins inside the home so that there was an adequate dowry. And he charged, uh, I mean, he, he, he did it in secrecy. But the old man, the father, caught him, the third daughter, turn around. And St. Nicholas says, you've caught me, but here's the deal. You're not allowed to tell anybody about this until I'm dead. Keep it secret. Which is supposedly the reason that this story didn't come out until after the death of St. Nicholas is because of that secrecy charge. So you've got St. Nicholas and his feast day is his death day, December 6th, 343. We celebrate birthdays today, but in antiquity, it was much more common to celebrate death days. And so the death of St. Nicholas, it becomes his feast day within the church. And he became the patron saint of children, understandably with that story. And the patron saint also of sailors. Who'd have thunk? You can go to almost any port that's been around in Christendom for over 300 years. And you will find a chapel dedicated to St. Nicholas. Because the sailors wanted to uh, uh, worship the Lord in a chapel by their patron saint. Anyway. So that's the reason for the stockings on December 6th. It's the feast of St. Nicholas. In addition, Germany's where the advent calendar started. But that was a long time ago. The Advent calendars originally had some nuggets of wisdom, prayers, devotionals, things like that within them. And more commonly, a a candle or or something to light. And Advent would be marked off by chalk in the homes if you didn't have an Advent calendar per se. It's now gotten to the point where the most common Advent calendar is just a piece of chocolate for each day. Advent are the four Sundays before Christmas. And so that's been secularized by and large. You'll find a lot of people with an Advent calendar who have no concept of the true meaning of Advent from the Latin Adventus, which means that that we expect the arrival of Jesus. It celebrates the arrival of him in Bethlehem, the arrival of him in our lives, and the arrival of him when he comes again. So those three aspects of Advent are not really what's celebrated. It's just kind of like, oh, it's the Christmas season. Get the Advent candle and let's eat the chocolate. Uh, in, in Germany, by and large, most people set their Christmas trees up on Christmas Eve. And that's when they decorate them and that's when they get out the presents and all the rest. Now, uh, they are big on caroling in Germany in Christmas And one of our carols came from there. Uh, I'd like to, let's see if we can make it play. German on top, English on the bottom.
So, if you are in Germany celebrating Christmas, I don't know if you've watched or looked carefully at the lyrics to that song. They are what I would call anemic. Big deal. (laughs) I mean, it's a beautiful melody. But singing to a tree that's green in the summer and in the winter. I mean, rock and roll. That's just delightful. Um, I, I, I find that as I, I look at Christmas in Germany, it's become a secular holiday that's built around traditions of family and traditions of fun. Okay? But you'll only have to work hard to find the pockets of people who are truly celebrating it as a birth of Christ and Jesus coming into the world. It's, it's by and large not recognized in any devout way. Uh, now that's not to say that there aren't people who do. There certainly are. But, but Germany has done a great job at celebrating the, the commercial aspects of Christmas. That might be the way I say it. And they also have some of the best Christmas food. I mean, if you've not eaten Stollen and Lebkuchen, which is a gingerbread kind of uh, cake, then you're missing out. Now, Stollen, by the way, originally was a Christmas food because it's, it's, it's got these humps that were supposed to be symbolic of the humps of the camel. And then it's got all the jewel, all, all the fruits in it that are supposed to be symbolic of the jewels that the wise men brought as gifts to Jesus. But I think most Germans don't even recognize that and know that. They just know Stalin is what they eat uh, uh, at the Christmas time of year. Now, I'd like to contrast that for a moment with Christmas in China, another well-known country. Christmas in China you can go to, and Christmas in China is also quite a commercial event. It's been likened to Valentine's Day, a day of fun and festivities and decorations where you can give a gift to someone you really like or some ones you really like. And it is, from a national perspective, totally devoid of of its intent and meaning. Now, there are churches that celebrate China has an amazing church presence. Even though only 1% of its population may be Christian, when you've got a population of billions of people, that's a lot of Christians. And so there are people who celebrate Christmas, but it's very interesting. I'd like to show you a a firsthand account um, from one of the pastors there. We have neither church nor decorations. Our Sunday Eucharist is usually celebrated in a house of the faithful. And even at Christmas, it is no exception. You prepare a table, cover it with a white tablecloth, and prepare all you need for Mass. About 100 faithful crowd the bedroom and anteroom to participate in the Lord's Supper. Since the external atmosphere is very tense, for security reasons, we pull the window curtains. We keep the tone of our prayers low so as to not attract the attention of the people passing by. Still, for security reasons, during the service, the priest and the family faithful do not sing any part of the liturgy, only recite it. To create the Christmas atmosphere, the family that hosts a celebration 
prepares the manger scene, the crib. This is our celebration of Christmas. Although a little simple, we're satisfied and grateful because at least we still have the chance to celebrate it together. In other parishes of our diocese in recent years, priests have been forbidden to celebrate Christmas. Several of their places of worship have been closed. Christmas celebrations are not permitted, even in remote places. Because of this, in many places, the faithful have been without Christmas Mass for years. And then finally, we willingly suffer for the Lord and for fidelity to his church. 2,000 years ago, the Savior, 2,000 years ago, the Savior was born in similar circumstances. We hope to celebrate Holy Christmas in peace. We hope that our church can soon enjoy religious freedom. Lord Jesus, come quickly. There's something for your prayer list. Now that's clearly within a Catholic church setting. But there are Protestant churches where the story is the same. There are some provinces where the authorities are a little more lenient and kind of turn a blind eye. There are some Protestant churches, some churches I should say, that have state authority. But those churches are very limited in what they can and cannot say. Because they're viewed as a propaganda arm for the government. And a way to teach communism. Uh, uh, and so they have a certain doctrine they have to teach. But this should set us all back on our heels a little bit. With not only prayers for them. But appreciation for the opportunities we have beyond the commercialism of Christmas. I did think the language was so pretty. I wanted to give you a hymn being sung in Chinese. Uh, so that you've got an idea of uh, how it might sound. So it's a familiar hymn.
Isn't that beautiful? All right, let's get back in the plane. We got to go. Now let's go to some lesser known countries. How many of you have ever been to the Philippines? Okay, I've never been. I'm dying to go. I used to represent a lot of sailors that came out of the Philippines. Philippines uh, Filipinos make up a lot of the worldwide merchant marine, uh, not merchant marine, uh, uh, merchant ship uh, sailors. And I represented a number of them. But some of you may not know exactly where the Philippines are. So let's get the world map up here and let's get to the Philippines. The Philippines are right here. And it's a collection of islands. Now, the Filipino islands were settled, well, they had people there probably for a long time. It was colonialized by the Europeans in the 1500s. And with their colonialization, they brought Christianity. Most of the people there are Catholic. But you've got a large Christian population. And it's like... 80 some odd percent, 84, 82 percent would say that they are Christians, much higher than the U.S. would say they're Christians. Now, if you wanted to celebrate Christmas in the Philippines, but you didn't want to miss Christmas here, you're in good stead. Do you know why? Because they start celebrating Christmas September 1st. September 1st, you go in the stores, they've got, you go in the stores, they're playing Christmas songs. You, you see people at their homes, they're starting the decorations. And it lasts until the middle of January. Talk about, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Now, I found this really interesting because we start doing the decorations in earnest November, most people, you know, around Thanksgiving. And, you know, we try to take them down. We leave them up for a while, but we try to have them down by noon on the 26th. (laughs) And we'll leave them up some. But, I mean, our Christmas is like there. And our daughter, Rebecca, Christmas is her favorite season. And she keeps a countdown calendar of how many days till Christmas. Her saddest day of the year is December 26th because it's so far from Christmas Day. Or so it was when she was a child. So Filipino Christmas, yeah, in September, which will not surprise you when you hear one of the most common, well-known Christmas songs in the Philippines. Are you ready? Get a load of this one. I hope I can keep up with the English. We'll give it a shot. All right. It's Christmas again. Time flies. 
Well, you bet when almost every month of the year you're celebrating Christmas. Now, if you're celebrating Christmas, one of the things they do is they have these parrots. A parrot is like a, they'll take strips of bamboo and they'll put Japanese rice paper over it and colorful things and they'll light them up. They're lanterns. And they'll usually put them at the end of a stick or they'll hang them and, and, and they'll decorate with these lights that, that are these lanterns. And they do so because it's symbolic of the light that guided the shepherds to the Christ child. And you'll find in the Philippines almost all of their most well-known traditions are directly tied to a celebration of Jesus himself and the birth of Jesus. So one of the, uh, 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 the, the more well-known songs, if you will, this is like, um, all right, the, in the U.S., the biggest selling Christmas album of all time is Elvis Presley's Christmas album, 10 million copies, okay? Well, this fellow over in the Philippines is twice the man Elvis was. His Christmas album, 20 million copies. It is the song played on the radio from September 1st till the middle of January every year, like incessantly. I've got very old footage. This guy's still alive. He's like 76. He actually runs a sugar company. Music is his side gig, but... This is, uh, I think this is like 25 years old, this video. So it's a little fuzzy, but I just thought, let's get the man in his prime when this was the real hit that, that uh, set it all up, launched a career. Are you ready? Christmas in our hearts. Jose Marie Chan is his name. He sings it as a duet with his daughter. That's his daughter. Whenever I see girls and boys selling lanterns on the street, those are those parats. I remember the child in the manger as he sleeps. Wherever there are people giving gifts, exchanging cards, I believe that Christmas. Is truly in their hearts. Let's light our Christmas trees for a bright tomorrow where nations are at peace and all are one in God. Let's sing Merry Christmas and a happy holiday. This season may we never forget. Let him be the one to guide us as another new year starts. And may the spirit of Christmas be always in our hearts. Yeah, it it goes on for another couple of minutes. Um, Some of these songs I've had to cut because of time. Uh, By the way, you may be wondering why they celebrate Christmas starting in September. There are lots of explanations given, 
but I think it's pretty clear which one is most accurate. One explanation is, well, that's the first of the Burr months. You got September, October, November, December. Those are the Burr months, so let's celebrate Christmas with the pinnacle of the Burr months, which is December. Ah. Second reason given is commercialism. Start in September, think of how much more you can sell. No, I mean, that sounds like it could be true, but they were celebrating Christmas in September long before the commercialism uh, um, uh, of uh, our 20th, 21st century. Um, So the best and the, the most recognized is September 1 marks a huge change in season for the Philippines. That's when the north wind starts coming. Before that, you've got typhoon season. And typhoons just historically have wrecked those homes. So even before colonization in the 1500s, the Filipino people celebrated September 1st, that transition when the north wind came, and they celebrated as a time of rebuilding and, in a sense, rebirth of villages. Along with that came different migratory birds which had an effect on the way they ate and on the way they did things. So it was all, and, and the crops were also at that point in time coming in. It's that change of the wind that enabled the, the rice crop for the sticky rice that, that's grown to be harvested in October. And so all of these indicators allowed the Philippines as a pagan people before they were evangelized. A pagan people, they celebrated it at the time. When the evangelization, uh, evangelization takes place and Christmas comes in, then like you see in so many other cultures, they took things from their past and figured out how to integrate things that were meaningful to them in ways that brought the Christian influence in. Now, some of you may have a distaste for that, and that's okay. It's called syncretism. It's okay to have a distaste for it as long as you recognize you do the same thing. (laughs) And if you have any doubt about that, then think about it when you wake up this Thursday, which is the day dedicated to Thor, the thunder god. Thor's day. We just call it Thursday. But we have syncretized our religious with the Viking religion. By the way, did you know that 1,000 of our words come from Viking? That's another topic for another day. But it's really fascinating. Thor's day is one of those words. So is Tuesday. The god Chu, who is a Norse Germanic god. So we, we've got, we, we've got synchronization, syncretization. Synchronization is when you're all doing it at the same time. We've got, we're syncretists in the same way. Um, and, And I don't mind it because I understand something that's a biblical concept that I hope you understand as well. God has prepared all people to hear the gospel. God has put in the lives of everyone something that will make the gospel make sense to them and sing in their heart. 
And, and you'll see it in different cultures. And you'll see it in different people's groups all throughout time and all throughout the world. It's why you can talk to a Buddhist and you can talk to them and, and appreciate some things that, where they've got some truth, but yet also be able to take them to another level of truth. When C.S. Lewis was debating J.R.R. Tolkien about whether or not there's a God, C.S. Lewis said, I could never be a Christian. You people are so arrogant. You think you're right and everyone else is wrong. And Tolkien's reply was, uh, actually, that's not true. Because as Christians, we believe that there are elements of truth all over the place because God has prepared all hearts to receive the gospel. The arrogant one who thinks they're right and everyone else is wrong is the atheist. Who thinks the Christians are wrong, the Jews are wrong, the Muslims are wrong, the, you name it. And that was a turning point for C.S. Lewis. Now, back to the Philippines. Um, Simbagavi is the, the name for the, the celebrations of Christmas. And what they would do is they start going to church at an early morning, like pre-sunrise mass, on December 16th. And they do it every day, up through Christmas Day. And then on Christmas Day, they go to a midnight mass, and they basically stay up all night. Eating and feasting and celebrating. And they'll go from house to house. And they'll have gifts for people. Who, yeah, I mean, it's like Halloween. Knock, knock, knock. Trick or treat. Except it's, hey, knock, knock, knock. Do you have a Christmas present for me? And I mean, when I'm talking about food, they bring it out. It's uh, Merry Christmas in the Philippines. All right, we've got time for one more country, lesser known country. I want to talk about Christmas in Uganda. Now, a lot of people may not know where Uganda is. So what we got to do is get our map back out. Janet Seifert always likes a map. Get our map back out and let's leave the Philippines where we were and let's uh, head over to Africa. And Uganda is right down there, right there next to Kenya, between Kenya and the Congo on the east and west, Sudan on the north, Tanzania on the south. Now, if you want to talk about a consumer Christmas where it's just all about decadence and presence and get, 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 if you want a season of consumerism, don't go to Uganda. Uganda is 84% Christian or 81%, depending upon the polls you look at. About half of that's Roman Catholic, about half of that's Protestant and evangelical. Um, the, uh, I mean, and uh, Pentecostal. And, and so y you have a huge Christian population in Uganda. And Christmas is extremely important there. It is a huge celebration. People in the cities go back to their villages. It's a time of a family reunion. It is a time for family, food, fun, and faith. And people, the way we get Easter outfits, they get Christmas outfits to wear to church on Christmas Day. And they'll often put crowns on their kids and crowns on the adults. 
because they want to be the wise men or the three kings that come to find the Christ child. I found one of the top news outlets and I, I pulled an article. This is from the Daily Express by Sim Juko Matthias. How can we celebrate this Christmas? I, I want you to ask yourself, do you really see something like this coming out on CNN or Fox or any major news outlet in America? Let me read you some of it. Let's get it as big as we can and still on the screen. Are you able to read any of that? Okay, the front row can. In the African setting, but specifically here in Uganda, when you talk about Christmas, you've literally hit on the appetite nerve. I told you food. And the feeling of dressing nicely in our newly bought Christmas clothes. Christmas is some new wonderful feeling that's probably not far from, but right just here for us to enjoy as we normally do. By the way, you cannot talk about how to celebrate Christmas, yet you don't know what Christmas is. National media. In brief, Christmas is the time to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom the prophets prophesied, the Jews expected, and whom the Virgin Mary longed for. Let me read you some more. Look at this paragraph. We may ask, what characterizes Christmas? Let's not skip the whole beautiful picture of the Christmas crib and the decorated Christmas tree. In all churches, the construction of the Christmas crib should never skip our minds because it explicitly explains and gives us a picture of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians, too, have an opportunity to provide gifts to the child Jesus in the decorated Christmas crib. This is a tradition to offer a gift to the mother and the newly born baby. We would read that as, put a contribution in the offering plate. Nevertheless, if you want to tell that the Christmas season has approached, the decorated Christmas trees are an outstanding indicator of this season as they beautify our mood for the birth of the Messiah who carries with him the eternal light. Now there's an O Tannenbaum, O Tannenbaum for you. Let's stick that in the lyrics. You're an outstanding indicator that beautifies my mood for the birth of the Messiah who carries with him the eternal light, O Tannenbaum, O Tannenbaum. In the Gospel of Matthew, it presents to us the visit of the Magi, also referred to as the wise men. They saw a star of the newborn king of the Jews and they followed it. When they met the child Jesus, they prostrated and did him homage. They offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold and frankincense portrayed Jesus' identity as the king shepherd and God, while myrrh points in the direction of his mission as the suffering servant. Meanwhile, do you have anything to offer the Lord born to us? Still, do you find happiness and the meritorious meaning in Jesus' birth 
as these three wise men from the east? Frankly, if it weren't for Christ, there would be no Christmas. Therefore, we should keep focused on him and not be distracted by other things. Can you imagine this in the American media? This Christmas season provides us with that period full of love, positive energy, and hope in the air with colorful lights wherever you go. Nonetheless, the reason why we celebrate Christmas is because the birth of Jesus is good news. And at the same time, we celebrate God's love for us sinners and the bringing of light into the world through his son Jesus. With the child Jesus born today, we have atoms of hope once again. Oh, I'm sorry. How are we doing? Oh, I don't have time. This is an amazing article. I'm running out of time. I've wasted time on OTAN and Bob. Oh. And I don't want to miss points for home. Uh, that is a typical Christmas song in Uganda. If I'm not here one year, I'm taking the kids and the grandkids and my wife, and we're going to Uganda for Christmas. I'm going to find an adopt-a-family that will adopt us and let us come into their village and celebrate Christmas with them. I will bring the pecan pie. The food looks really good, too. Um, now, enough of that, lesser-known countries. Let me give you some points for home, and the points for home are out of the book. The way this book is put together, it's built off the church calendar. So right now, if you were to take this book when you leave today, and you were to look up today, today is the 18th, December the 18th, we're in Advent. You would be reading an Advent devotional. It's the one where Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he's looked upon the humble estate of his servant. And I give the devotional. It's the 16th day of Advent. And then, um, uh, and you'll see it follows the standard outline that I do in the other devotional books. I'll put the passage at the top. I'll give the teaching and devotional. And then we have a prayer at the end. But you have several days you can read to get caught up or you can just start today and I urge you to start it today. And you'll get through, and I was telling Becky to do this and she said, well, yeah, but then what am I going to do next December 18th when I've already read it? And I said, you will have so forgotten it by then. It's not even funny. You won't even remember you read it. And, and I know that because I read it and I wrote it and I can't remember it. I'm like, who wrote that one? Um, did I get Steve Taylor to do that for me? No, I think I did that. Um, 
So anyway, uh, 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 Lorraine Hibbert, yeah, there it is. Um, I hope that you will take one of these. I hope that your season is filled with something. Uh, I, I, look, I love gift giving. And Christmas at our house is a time of giving gifts. I'm, I'm big on that. But do not, do not, do not let the consumerism rob us of the ability to not only celebrate Christmas in our homes, but to celebrate Christmas with those around us because it's a very special day. We had lunch yesterday with two very dear Jewish friends of ours and Hanukkah starts tonight at sundown, eight days of Hanukkah. And, and we were talking about the meaning of Hanukkah and we were talking about the meaning of Christmas. And I'm going to be doing that through the video thoughts for the day and I hope you'll tune in uh, uh, over the next week. But I want to thank you all for being here. I want to bless you in the name of Jesus and I really want you to have a tremendous, tremendous Christmas. We'll pick back up with the minor prophets in January. But in the meantime, uh, may God bless you all. So in the name of Jesus, and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I ask God's blessings to be poured upon you during this holiday season. I know that for many, holidays are tough as they miss loved ones, as they miss families, as they um, have a difficult time. And I pray, Father, that you will focus our minds on you and the light you brought into this world and the redemption you offer us through Jesus. So that in spite of any earthly circumstances, we find the joy of the season in you. Would you please bless all who hear this message with the light that is in Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we pray, amen.